Vedic hymns, it is stated that in the beginning there is only Vishnu and that he alone remains at the end. An example can help us to understand the inconceivable potency of the Supreme Lord. <coughs> in the recent history of warfare, the Supreme Personality of Godhead created a Hitler and before that a Napoleon Bonaparte and they each killed many living entities in war. But in the end, Bonaparte and Hitler were also killed. People are still very much interested in writing and reading books about Hitler and Bonaparte and how they killed so many people in war. Year after year, many books are published for public reading regarding Hitler's killing thousands of Jews in, confi in confinement. But no one is researching who killed Hitler and who created such a gigantic killer of human beings. The devotees of the Lord are not much interested in studying of the flickering history of the world. They are interested only in Him, who is the original creator, maintainer and annihilator. That is the purpose of Krishna Consciousness. So last, last few sentences are very important, I am repeating. The devotees of the Lord are not much interested in the study of the flickering history of the world. They are interested only in Him, who is the original creator, maintainer and annihilator. That is the purpose of the Krishna Consciousness Movement. Suvantananta karakkalo nadir adikrid abhayah janam janena janayan marayan mrittunantakam My dear Dhruva, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is ever-existing but in the form of time. He is the killer of everything. He has no beginning, although he is the beginning of everything, nor is he ever exhaustible, although everything is exhausted in due course of time. The living entities are created through the agency of the father and killed through the agency of death, but he is perpetually free of birth and death. So, Sayambhubha Manu is advising Dhruva Maharaj and last few verses we discussed how the inconceivable arrangement of the Supreme Personality of Godhead has been described. He is inconceivable and his arrangements are also inconceivable. Now in this verse uh, we are seeing uh, Sayambhubha Manu is actually advising Dhruva Maharaj about uh, how the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the origin of creation. He is the Supreme Creator and also He is the Supreme Annihilator.
everything, everyone is subjected to creation and annihilation in this world. Whoever has come to this world has a beginning, born. Starting from Lord Brahma down to an ant. The first created being is Lord Brahma in this material world. Although uh, Brahma, there was no father uh, or mother for Brahma to give birth to. Mm. Brahma came directly from the Supreme Personality of God. Generally, a child is linked to the mother in, through the umbilical cord, which is connected to the navel of the mother. Mother's navel to the child body. The connection is the umbilical cord. But in case of Brahma, it is the other way around. The Lord's, from Lord's navel came out a lotus and Brahma is situated on that lotus. That is <clears throat> the first creation in this material nature, in the universe. Not in the material nature, in the universe. Uh, material nature was manifest, which has been described beforehand, uh, simply by the glance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Supreme Personality of Godhead looked at the material nature, Maya, Bahiranga Prakriti, Mahamaya, and as a result of his glance, the creation became manifest. Uh, how actually, what actually happened through his glance? It is through his glance that the living entities came into the material nature, started to come to the material nature and getting different bodies. The first body that one got was Lord Brahma. Uh, so that's why he is the first created being. The living entities are projected into the material nature and the projection of the material nature needed uh, to have a body, to function in the material nature, we need a material body, a subtle body and a gross body. The more advanced we are, more subtle, uh, more prominent is our subtle body. And more degraded we are, more gross is our gross body. Uh, like we can see in the lower species of life, in trees and plants, uh, practically don't have a body consisting of mind, intelligence and false ego. Their body is just the gross body. But when you go to the higher beings, then you'll find that their subtle body is more prominent and the gross body is very subtle. For example, Lord Brahma. And as a result of that, they have that ability, such inconceivable ability. For example, Lord Brahma also did not need anyone, did not need a mother to create his offsprings. They came from his mind and from his body. From Brahma's mind came his four first offsprings four Kumara. 
Then came Rudra, Lord Shiva. Lord Shiva's appearance in the material nature also is through Brahma. Lord Brahma. And then came the four praja, the nine prajapatis and Narada, ten sons. Then from different limbs of Brahma came different other living entities. From Brahma's right hand side came Sayambhibhamanu who is speaking here. He just appeared directly from Brahma's body, from his right hand side. And his wife Satarupa came from the left hand side of his body. So this is how uh, we can see uh, that even Lord Brahma was creating. Then the Prajapatis also created through their, uh, also, uh, many of them created from their minds. Many, many different types of creatures came. Under Rajam, Jaga ho And then the creation takes place in four different ways. Brahma's and original creation was secondary. Cre- creation in this material nature in the universe was through Brahma and through the Prajapatis. And then came four types of uh, birth, four types of procreation. Uh, Those four types of procreations are uh, like Swedajas, from the sweat of the body. Uh, From the body's sweat, offsprings appeared. Like in modern science we can see that there are creatures like amoebas and protozoas. Uh, Amoebas, uh, how do the amoebas multiply? Binary fission. Binary fission. By? Binary fission, they they divide themselves. That's right, yeah. They divide. Mm. That I've uh, it's called nullification, nullification. Binary fish. Oh, binary fish. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, right. Binary from uh, one to two, yeah. Binary fish. Like, huh? there is, uh, it's a unicellular living entity. Uh, unicellular, one cell. And the nucleus divides from one cell in the same body another nucleus is generated and then it becomes another body so one into two that's why it's called binary fission and then there are some creatures that come this is called swedajas in sanskrit then some other creatures they come from the seeds udbhijas the seeds uh, fall on the ground and the trees and plants appear. And then there is undages. The birds and reptiles <coughs> come that way. They lay eggs uh, and from the eggs come the offsprings. And then comes jorayujas from embryo. 
animals and human beings, they come from embryo. So these are the four types. Swedajas, Andajas, I'm sorry, Sedajas, Udbijas, Andajas, Jarayujas. And out of them, Jarayujas are most advanced way of procreation. And among these Jarayujas, most advanced are the human beings. So these are the different types of creation. And uh, then at the end, uh, all that has been created are also annihilated. And Prabhupada is pointing out, all the way up to Brahma and Lord Shiva, they also will be annihilated. In this material nature, the supre original creator or the supreme creator is Lord Brahma within the universe. Lord Brahma creates. He is the creator. But then at the end, Brahma also will die. Lord Shiva also will be annihilated. Meaning, they'll go back. These higher living entities, they don't die like ordinary living entities, like us. They just pack up their business and go back. Like falling asleep. Actually, death and sleep is similar. Death is also kind of sleep, a longer sleep. Uh, only difference is, in sleep we wake up in the same body and after death we wake up in another body. But in between we sleep. Until we wake up, we sleep. Uh, and the final sleep will be when the Lord will withdraw his glance then all the living entities will go back to his body. All living entities from the material nature will go back to him. The only problem is that they'll be sleeping. In a way, they'll go back to the spiritual world. To go back to the Supreme Personality of God, it means going back to the spiritual world. But they'll be sleeping. Like, huh? if you are sleeping in your sleep in a plane, you go to America and the plane stays there for some time and then it comes back to India again. Although you've been to America, did you visit America? Because actually our perceptions are relative to our Consciousness, conscious perception. If we don't if we don't consciously experience, then there is no use of it. Similarly, at the time of death, we come very close to the Lord. We come very close to the super soul, but we don't get to see Him. There is sleep also, there are two types of sleeps. Uh, Shapnavastha and uh, Nidra uh, or uh, dreamless dream, uh, dream state and dreamless sleep state. 
when we are dreaming then we are not quite sleeping we are awake in our subtle body the subtle body gross body has fallen asleep gross body has become inactive but the subtle body is active subtle body is functioning that is the dream state but when the subtle body also is uh, inactive yeah then that is called shushupti shushupti deep sleep dreamless sleep and that is the real sleep you know we have actually three stages three states of uh, our existence one is jagrata avastha a wakeful state in wakeful state both the gross body and the subtle body are awake uh, then uh, shapnavastha dream state in dream state the gross body is sleeping but the subtle body is active and then shushupti in in at that state the subtle body also is inactive then the soul spirit soul is totally inactive that means the spirit soul is not at all functioning in the material realm uh, the material activities have completely stopped so that stage he is very close to the super soul but although he came so close to the super soul does he see the super soul no uh, because he is unconscious that's why in yoga it is said that the state of samadhi and state of shushupti are very close it's very close state only thing is that in state of samadhi they wake up on the other side of the sleep what is happening we go to the shushupti region and come back to the jagrata avastha in the material world we wake up in the material realm but uh, if we can somehow enter into the other side of shushupti we'll find ourselves in the spiritual world so that's the journey actually is to wake up in that other side of shushupti the material nature and what is separating the material nature from the spiritual nature the state of deep sleep so <clears throat> here it has been pointed out that the supreme personality of godhead is the progenitor is the creator and he is the maintainer and he is the annihilator this has been explained in the previous verse that how through the agency of brahma he creates he himself as vishnu maintains and then uh, lord shiva destroys these are the uh, three functions of three uh, personalities but here in this verse it is been pointed out that he is the supreme creator and he is the supreme destroyer he is the destroyer 
also of everything. Anta, Kala, uh, in the form of time, uh, he is the annihilator. Anta, Kara, Kala. Uh, Anta, Kara, the doer of annihilation, the, the annihilator. Uh, how does he annihilate? Uh, he annihilates with time. Actually, the time uh, is his uh, way to function in the material nature. He does not directly get involved. It is through time that he is making everything happen, everything to appear <coughs> in time, everything to exist in time, and everything to annihilate in time. So that is how he functions in this material nature. And it has been pointed out here also that although he creates in the form of Brahma originally, ultimately Brahma also will be destroyed. Although he destroys everything with Lord Shiva, Rudra, at the end, Lord Shiva also will be destroyed. Of course, Lord Shiva, there, Lord Shiva doesn't get destroyed. Lord Shiva withdraws from material nature and goes to his abode, which is beyond material nature. Lord Shiva is not of the material nature. It's his expansion that appears as Rudra. Lord Shiva expands in the material nature in the form of Rudra, functions as a destroyer and then when the material nature is annihilated then he goes back into his original situation which is beyond this material nature and that is his abode in the just at the outskirts of the spiritual world. And there he resides as Sadashiv. Lord Sadashiv is existing. And what is his function there? That's why we see often time in front of Vishnu temple there is a temple of Lord Shiva. Either in the front or at the back. That is indicating that that is the place where Lord Shiva is situated. At the entrance of the spiritual world. That is where his abode is. And Lord Shiva sees who is qualified and who is not qualified. If someone is not qualified, Lord Shiva will not allow him to enter into the spiritual world. So that way Lord Shiva is functioning as a... Uh, as guarding the gates of the spiritual world. Another way we can look at it, the Lord Shiva is the Sambhu, is the glance of Mahavishnu. Through the glance of Mahavishnu, the living entities came to the material nature. It is through the glance of Mahavishnu, I mean Sadashi, I mean uh, Sambhu, that we came to the material nature. Now when we want to go back to the spiritual world, 
we have to go back the same way. We have to go through Lord Shiva. Without Lord Shiva's approval, we won't be able to allow, we won't be able to enter into the spiritual sky. So, <clears throat> that is how uh, Lord Shiva is. In a way, one can say that Lord Shiva is causing the living entities to come into the material nature and also to go back to the spiritual world. It is through his agency that is happening. A very simple way to look at it or understand it is how is Lord Shiva worshipped? How is Lord Shiva worshipped generally? In the form of the lingam. Hmm. Why he is worshipped in the form of the lingam? Because the living entities came to this material nature. Material nature is the mother. In the womb of the mother, the living entities came through the agency of Lord Shiva. Therefore, Lord Shiva is worshipped as the lingam. But uh, this is Jyotirmaya because this is uh, consisting of uh, spiritual identity, spiritual identity. The living entities are also Jyotirmaya when they come to this, uh, before they come to the material nature. But after we come to the material nature, we get a subtle and gross body, then we get covered over. So ultimately it is a matter of removing that covering of ignorance. This body is actually a lump of ignorance. Both gross body, subtle body. Sharir Aviddha Jal. Don't we pray every day before taking prasad? This body is a network of ignorance. Just as ignorance covers light, darkness covers light, uh, the light of knowledge, spiritual knowledge has been covered over by the arrangement of this body. The network of ignorance. What is the network? The nervous system. It's a network, like a net. And this nervous system is ending in different senses. And so what is our, li we became limited to our sense perception. What are those sense perceptions? All material experiences. With our eyes we are simply seeing matter. With our ears we are simply hearing material sound. Uh, and so forth. Now what is the spiritual practice? To spiritualize all these experiences, all the perceptions. Uh, with your eyes, just see the beautiful form of the Lord or see how wonderfully Lord is manifest everywhere. That is the business of the eyes. Sarvabhuteshu japashit bhagavad bhavam atmanaha. The spiritual vision is to see everyone and everything. Sarvabhuteshu bhagavad bhavam. Seeing uh, the presence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. How the Lord is present everywhere and in everything. 
So that is the spiritual perception. And here, uh, Krishna Katha. With your hands, try to serve the Lord's lotus feet. Pada Sevanam. With your tongue, which is the most active of all senses, which is the most uh, difficult of all senses. Tarmodde Jubhavati, Lobhomai Shudurmati. The tongue is most voracious and most dangerous. That's why the tongue has two functions to rectify. One is to Sheyannam Ritupao and the other is Radha Krishna Gunaga. Chant the holy name of the Lord, sing the glories of Krishna and honor Krishna Prasad. That is the process. And that's why Prabhupada is saying, the devotees of the Lord are not much interested in the study of flickering history of the world or materialistic activities of the world. Uh, they are interested only in Him who is the original creator, maintainer and annihilator. That is the purpose of Krishna consciousness movement. Just become engaged in serving the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Jat karosi, jadasnasi, jat juhasi, dadasi, jat. Whatever activities we indulge in, tat kurusha, madar panam. Offer the results of all those activities to me. That is what Krishna's advice is, just for my sake. Not that we have to stop anything, which the yogis generally try. But it's a very difficult process and the result is not guaranteed. But in this process, although it is very simple, but the result is 100% guaranteed. We simply have to, we don't have to stop our actions, but simply have to uh, transform it into Krishna conscious action. They're saying not to stop eating, Eat uh, Krishna Prasad. Mm. Not act, act to serve Krishna. Not to hear anything. No, hear the glory of the Supreme Personality of God. Mm. And do anything. Uh. In Krishna consciousness, everything is possible. Like other. Uh, other activities, other spiritual activities are solely based on uh, celibacy, life of celibacy, brahmachari life. One cannot become a yogi unless he is a brahmachari. Brahmachari bratisthitaha, one of the qualifications of a yogi. He must be situated in brahmachari brata. But in Krishna consciousness, no, get married, produce children, but make sure that they are Krishna conscious. So Krishna Consciousness has uh, the room for everything. Only thing is that we have to transform it to spiritual activity.
you can eat, you can sleep, you can uh, you can uh, become active, you can uh, you can even fight battles. <laughs> if you want to fight, you can fight. <laughs> like the Kshatriyas love to fight. In Krishna consciousness, there is room for even fighting. But fight for Krishna. Uh, fight for Krishna. The way Arjun fought. So in this way, Krishna consciousness allows one to indulge into any activity. Only secret is do it for Krishna. Do it for Krishna's pleasure. Do it for becoming Krishna conscious yourself. Thank you very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Gaur Premanande. Does anybody have any question? We have one uh, consideration like yesterday when I was reading some questions. Many of you are laughing. Don't do that. Uh, because that laughing may cause the questioner to feel uh, shy and probably he won't ask any more questions. Uh, sometimes a neophyte devotee may ask some silly question, apparently. But we have to understand that, <coughs> that he is sincere about asking that question. Therefore, we should be... <coughs> We should be respectful towards every question. Uh, this question is from Radharani Devi Dasi. <laughs> from, she's uh, in London now. Guru Maharaj, I remember in 1991, Lanesia, South Africa, a program was organized for you in the temple of Lord Shiva. Uh, you made us turn your asan towards the side so that your back was not facing Lord Shiva. And after the class, you told us to first offer the Krishna Prasad to Lord Shiva and then only respect the Prasadam. <laughs> Thank you, Radharani, for reminding us about that incident. Yeah, we have to be uh, respectful towards Lord Shiva. Vaishnavanam Jathasambhu. Of all the Vaishnavas, Lord Shiva's position is very, very special. And we have to also remember, if he is guarding the gate of Vaikuntha, <laughs> and if he is guarding the gate of Rasalila as Gopeshwar Shiva, then we should be rather <laughs> properly <laughs> situated towards our relationship with him. We should be properly related to him so that uh, we can receive his mercy. And now that we are sitting in the place of Lord Shiva, <laughs> uh, Mahakaleshwar Dham Ki, Devadi Dev Mahadev Ki, how can we control our senses and keep our heart? pure. Uh, Rochit uh, is asking. Yes, that's what we had been discussing all this while. 
that how to keep our how to control our senses the only way to control us there are two ways uh, you can control your senses one is to stop the act by stopping the activities of the senses pratyahar the fifth stage of yoga stop the activities of the sense so withdraw the senses from the objects of the senses can you do that rochit how many of you can do that here practically no one and the other one is engage the senses in the service of krishna rishikena rishikesha shevanam bhakti ruchyate so engage the senses in the service of the lord of the senses will that be difficult no uh, so the easiest way of controlling the senses is by uh, engaging the senses in the serve in the service of the supreme personality of godhead and when in this way the senses are engaged in the service of the lord then the heart will become purified <coughs> there is a question from harsha from boston hari krishna maharaj thank you for guiding us and giving us your most valuable association my question is in what mood should we preach is it in the mood of compassion or pity myself a ignorant person how to preach yes the mood you see pity is for somebody where uh, who is in a condition which is totally undesirable whereas compassion is the display of somebody to offer him something that he doesn't he or she doesn't have so the mood of a devotee mood of a preacher should be that of full of compassion oh you don't have krishna come take krishna not that oh you don't have krishna come <laughs> take krishna and that is the, the mood of pity uh, but mood of compassion is with affection and love uh, pity is the mood with disregard disrespect if not disrespect at least uh, as if that person is far below you but a devotee is amanina manadena even when he is preaching he is thinking how what is his mood oh you are krishna's children you are krishna's children i am krishna's servant so you are my master also <laughs> but sometimes the servant huh, takes the mood of a master also when the children are small huh, then the servant sometimes chastises the children i remember when we were young we used to have a servant at home who lived in our family with our family for many many years much before even our father got married <laughs> and he was like our boss he used to chastise us 
And at the same time, he used to be also full of affection. He used to carry me on his back and he used to <laughs> take me to places. <laughs> so, <coughs> his name was Dinobandhu and we used to call him Dinobandhu Dada. <laughs> so, <coughs> so that is the mood, although uh, we may be assuming a position which is higher but we have an understanding that that person is superior to us because he is my master's son, whereas I am the servant of the master. As a, as a master's son, he is also my lord and master. <coughs> Joy from Surat, uh, J from Surat. What is the difference between Shiva and Shiva Tattva. I heard it's not Vishnu Tattva and Jiva Tattva. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, Tattva means the uh, truth or actual identity. Who is Lord Shiva? That is Shiva Tattva. Uh, just like Guru Tattva. What does it mean to be a Guru? What is a Guru? Uh, who is Lord Shiva? That is Shiva Tattva. And Shiva is the personality. Uh, that is, you asked what is the difference between Shiva and Shiva Tattva. Uh, Shiva, Lord Shiva himself is Lord Shiva. Shiva. And uh, the understanding about Lord Shiva is Shiva Tattva. Now as you said, you heard that Shiva Tattva is not either Vishnu Tattva or Jiva Tattva. Yes, Lord Shiva is not Vishnu and at the same time he is not a living entity, Jiva, Jiva living entity. Who is Lord Shiva? He is another Tattva by himself. What kind of Tattva? That he is like milk became yogurt. If Vishnu is milk, Lord Shiva is yogurt. Now is there any difference between milk and yogurt? Yes and no. Uh, milk became yogurt. Uh, but yogurt is not milk. Milk can become yogurt, but yogurt cannot become milk. Kshirang jatha dadhi vikara visheshu yoga. Just as milk turns into yogurt, uh, similarly, uh, Lord Shiva's identity is Vishnu has transformed himself into Shiva in order to perform some very specific business. What is that business as I discussed? To deal with material nature. Vishnu cannot deal with material nature because material nature is his separated energy. Separated energy. So if it is separated, how can he deal with it? If it is inferior, how can he deal with it directly? Separated energy. Therefore he transforms himself as Lord Shiva and deals with material nature. Material nature is Mahamaya and who is the husband of Mahamaya? Lord Shiva. Okay. Yeah. Nitin is asking from Bhopal base, Dhanavad Guru Maharaj, 
how karmic reactions and previous conditioning checks our advancement in Krishna consciousness, how to overcome them as sometimes we are enthusiastic but with time we lose that enthusiasm to overcome that. Very good question. The way to do uh, how karmic reactions and previous conditioning check our advancement in Krishna consciousness. Yes, uh, moment of inertia. Uh, whatever, what is moment of inertia? The state that we are in, we want to maintain that state. An object that is in motion wants to remain in motion all the time. And uh, the object that is static, it wants to remain static. So what is needed for the static object we need to push and for something that is in motion we have to apply the brake <laughs> right to stop it. So in Krishna consciousness also we have to uh, I mean uh, with our material conditioning we have to do that. Uh, if something is stopping us from becoming active in Krishna consciousness, we must push ourselves. And if something is pushing us to, towards Maya, then we must apply the break. And the best way to do that is by being in the association of devotees. Just be in the association of devotees and be guided by the devotees. The best way to overcome that is that Practicing Krishna Consciousness in the association of devotees. We got quite a few questions today. Uh, again another question uh, from Ananteshwar Das Pune. Dandavat Maharaj, thank you for explaining the position of Lord Shiva. We hear in Bhagavatam about the topmost position of, as, of Lord Shiva as Vaishnava. Does Kailash fall in the spiritual world or it has its own separate identity? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that original abode of Lord Shiva is just outside of Vaikuntha. It is, you can say it is in the spiritual world, it is beyond Brahma Jyoti, but below Vaikuntha. That has been very nicely explained in Brihad Bhagavatam Ritam. When Gopkumar is going back to the spiritual sky, uh, when he transcended the Brahma Jyoti, then he uh, came across Lord Shiva, uh, surrounded by his devotees. And at that time, he was invited to join Lord Shiva's party and stay with them. But he... Uh, decided to go forward and then he came to the gate of Vaikuntha. So this is, a, this is how we can see that Lord Shiva's abode, Kailash, is beyond Brahma Jyoti but below Vaikuntha. <coughs> Bijay Bhushan from Bhopal base, Dandavat Guru Maharaj, does uh, Does Lord Shiva like his consort 
okay dandavat guru maharaj does like okay okay does like lord shiva his consorts other associates are also eternal <clears throat> well if they have achieved their perfection in becoming lord shiva's associate then yes they will also become eternal because lord shiva's devotees will go back to lord shiva's original abode uh, but they are the uh, the actual devotees of lord shiva not the demons those who want to take some advantage of lord shiva they are not lord shiva's devotees guru maharaj dandavat pranams thanks for the wonderful class guru maharaj what okay okay the h is missing so i was wondering what hat is <laughs> so what without w is it's a spelling mistake actually uh, what is the next and better state after shushupti the next and better state of shushupti is to wake up in the spiritual sky and that state as proper described is something like waking up from a dream then the material experiences all our experiences in the material nature will appear to be like a dream just as when you wake up from a dream uh, we wake up then the dream disappears so that will be like wake waking up in the spiritual sky <coughs> there is some question in bengali but it came from san jose california hari krishna maharaj apnake amader pranam for grihasthas what is the standard of offering for deities that we have at home <clears throat> okay and the question is coming from bishwa rupali and rohini from san jose uh well you see general standard is as a householder when you are uh, so busy like don't have the usually in the vedic time the women used to stay at home and they could take care of the household affairs including the deity worship and other and men also brahminical persons did not go uh, to take up a job uh, therefore they could maintain a very high standard of deity worship at even at home but it is not possible in this age of kali where practically everybody is working and so that's why proper gave um quite a simplified standard but proper also said if you have radha krishna deity then you have to maintain a uh, uh, quite high standard that is needed for radha krishna worship because radha krishna worship is made in uh, following the bhakti bhakti 
But Gornidhai deities, you can, just by chanting the holy name, Gornidhai can be worshipped. So it depends what deities you have at home. But I think best will be, you take the advice of your local temple president. Vaisheshika Prabhu is a wonderful devotee and he can guide you in this. And uh, like whatever the local standard is, you uh, adopt that standard. From Radhika Raman Das, uh, Maharaj, please come to Canada, Toronto. <coughs> Maharaj, how to overcome anxieties in day-to-day -day life? Very good uh, question. So, thank you, Radhika Raman Prabhu. Uh, yes, I will. <laughs> I will try to go to Toronto. It's a pity that for last few years I haven't been able to go there. Uh, now, how to become, how to overcome anxiety in day-to-day -day life? The best way to overcome anxiety in our day-to-day -day life is by being. Uh, dependent upon someone who we can depend on. Like the who is our supreme shelter, the supreme personality of Godhead. <coughs> like consider when you were a child, did you have any anxiety? No. Why not? Because you knew that your father is there, your mother is there to take care of you. So, as a child you didn't have any anxiety. Only when you grew up and now you have to take care of yourself for everything that you are in anxiety. Because anxiety comes from our, uh, our inability to cope with our necessities, the needs. When we are not able to deal with our necessities, or deal with, cope with the situation that we are in, that causes anxiety. But if you can depend upon somebody, uh, like for example, a thief comes to your house, naturally you are in anxiety, but all of a sudden the police comes, then are you in anxiety? Now you know, the police will take care of the thieves. You are in anxiety because uh, you need some money and you don't have the money. A friend comes and tells you, don't worry, I'll give you the money. You are free from anxiety. Now, is there somebody that you can really depend upon? Yes, we all have someone who we can really depend upon. Who is that? Krishna. So just by depending upon Krishna, we can become free from anxiety. The best way to become free from anxiety is by depending upon Krishna. <coughs> Aisharja Radhika from Kolkata. Guru Maharaj, we also have Lord Shiva Lingas in our Dem Domjur and Panihati temples. Should we do any special service to them? Or what should we do? Please tell us. Yeah, at least uh, two things you can do. One is, 
offer him nice aratik and offer him Krishna Prashad. Now, <clears throat> make it a point that when the offering is made uh, to the Lord, you are offering the Prashad to Lord Shiva. Then Lord Shiva will be pleased. Okay, this is Jay from Surat again. There are few questions came again, that's why. Uh, <clears throat> if he, Lord Shiva, is husband of Mahamaya, then how can he become victim of Maya? No, Lord Shiva is never victim of Maya. Uh, Lord Shiva is Maheshwar, uh, Lord of Maya, Maya's Ishwar. So, Lord Shiva is never victim of Maya. Lord Shiva became victim of Mohini Murti of the Lord. When Krishna became uh, Mohini Murti, then he became bewildered. Uh, otherwise, he is not affected by Mahamaya. I mean, in that sense, he deals with her as his wife, uh, but he is not... Uh, bewildered by her or uh, illusioned by her energy. Lord Shiva is not under the illusion. Maharaj, this is from Mahamaya Devi, Mahatama Devi Dasi from Alachua, Florida. Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and please be so kind to always give us your mercy in the form of lectures and instructions like these we have learned to be so we have learned to be so fond of your great association uh, thank you mahatma mataji so i look forward to seeing you when i go to alachua i am i'll probably go to alachua in uh, may uh, coming may I will go to Alachua. I'm supposed to, I already told them that I'll stay there for a few days when I go next time. Because last time I went, I stayed only for one day. And devotees were telling me to stay long, come for a longer visit. And especially I have so many god brothers and god sisters there. So I also have a natural attraction to go to Alachua. So uh, sure I'll go there and try to spend some time <coughs> this question is from Nitin from Bhopal base Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj please accept my humble obeisances at the dust of your lotus feet Guru Maharaj since I am practicing bhakti from long time but it seems that I am somewhere stuck same desire for sense enjoyment desire for distinction and adoration recognitions are there so Guru Maharaj, what to do for advancing in bhakti? Yeah, although these impediments are there, keep on practicing because it's only by bhakti that we can overcome these tendencies. So bhakti is the cure for this disease of material desire for sense gratification. Distinction, adoration, profit is subtle desires but they will also go away 
by the practice of devotional service. That means <clears throat> try to always recognize that whatever you are doing is for Krishna's pleasure, not for any other purpose. And if Krishna gives you some distinction, adoration, then accept it. Uh, it is said that pratishtha, uh, distinction and adoration, desire uh, for distinction and adoration, a devotee doesn't want. He runs away from it, like Madhavendra Puri. When he realized that now the people will become, get to know that how uh, Gopinath stole kheer for him, uh, so people will come and glorify him as a devotee. So Madhavendra Puri ran away uh, from Ramuna. But he said, although Madhavendra Puri ran away, Pratishtha ran after Madhavendra Puri. <laughs> so much so that he is still being glorified. So that is Vaishnavi Pratishtha. Uh, so let it come. There is no harm in that. But don't desire for that. If we desire for it, then it becomes Maya. If it comes on its own by Krishna's mercy, then it is Krishna's mercy. Ankur Sharma, Pathankot, Punjab. Dandavat Pranam Maharaj. What are the symptoms of bhakti? What changes should come in a person after performing devotional activities for a few years? Very good, very good question. Uh, Ankush. <coughs> so the question is, uh, what are the symptoms of true bhakti? And what changes should come in a person after performing devotional service? <coughs> the symptom of uh, true bhakti is Trinadopi sunichena, tarodiva shahishnuna, amanina manadena, kirtanya sadahari. Uh, a pure devotee uh, is one who is always chanting the holy name of the Lord. One who is always glorifying the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is always glorifying Krishna. Kirtanya sadahari. And his mood is more humble than a blade of grass. He never thinks that he is great. Rather he thinks that he is the most fallen. He is extremely tolerant. As tolerant as a tree. Uh, he becomes naturally very tolerant. And he is prepared to offer all respect to others. Desiring no respect for himself. <clears throat> so this question is from Oman, <laughs> United in the Middle East, from Brahmanda Gordas. Dear Maharaj, can you please clarify why body of Acharyas are not burned after leaving their bodies? Is generally the body of a sannyasi because it is considered that because of their spiritual purity, the body also has become spiritualized. That's why that body is not destroyed, but preserved uh, as a deity. But buried under any samadhi, uh, so that the world can still benefit from its presence there. That's why the body of a pure devotee is not destroyed or burned.
Ankit Vora, United States. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. You once said that one must always be in anxiety while serving Guru and senior Vaishnavas. You even gave your personal example when you first cooked for Srila Prabhupada. So how do we understand that we must always be in anxiety while <coughs> serving Guru and senior devotees while still maintaining the service attitude? Yes, that service attitude should be full of awe and reverence. That we are serving a great personality and I don't want to commit any mistake. That service is desirable. Since you mentioned about that incident with Srila Prabhupada, uh, when I cooked for Srila Prabhupada, then Prabhupada appreciated my cooking. And next day, when I cooked, uh, Prabhupada was disappointed with my cooking. <laughs> Prabhupada told me that you don't have any standard. <laughs> that one day you cook nicely and I praise you and the next day you are gone. So then, uh, I was in anxiety because if while cooking the next day, if I made a mistake, then I would lose the service. That's why I was in anxiety. I didn't want to lose that service. I want, I, uh, I, it was my dream to be able to cook for Srila Prabhupada. <laughs> and I got that service. So this way, when we get the service of... Uh, the spiritual master or other senior devotees, then we should always be very careful to serve properly and that, uh, that this feeling of inability to serve properly and the desire to serve properly creates some anxiety. Uh, so that should not hinder the service attitude but should enhance the service attitude.